Welcome to episode 145 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man? Uh, JP, it is Sunday. I'm feeling a lot better. I uh, stayed up late last night to write my four quarters. Uh, it was a very cathartic experience to to get it all written out. I feel good today. I'm not going to allow another Bethlehem loss to affect the rest of my weekend. So, uh, Or the fact that all of my fantasy teams have just literally taken a nosedive and shit the bed. Um, but I'm so... I'm all right. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, pre- I'm pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're recording on Sunday afternoon, about about to 3 o'clock or so. So about 15, 16 hours removed from the uh, Bedlam loss to OU uh, last night, 34 to 16. Uh, obviously, it's a frustrating loss because we feel like this team was better than what they showed on the field. But it's also, you know, Philip and I both predicted they'd be 8-4 and four with the loss to OU. So, uh, you know... It, this morning and today, I feel a lot better than I did last night. Obviously, there was some beer involved in the in the frustration of me just being flat out pissed <laughs> off at the performance. But uh, now that I have have sobered up a little bit, I feel a lot better, and I'm not as uh, not as worried about it, not as uh, annoyed as I was last night. That's for sure. It wasn't a great performance, and I, and, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I don't think you can take away. And can ignore the fact that Oklahoma State was playing with a backup quarterback. And I like Drew Brown. But you can see the difference between Spencer Sanders playing at his best and Drew Brown. And again, Drew Brown is a Drew Brown is arguably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the Big 12. I think he is a solid D1 quarterback. I thought he looked pretty good last night. I thought he looked better than he did against West Virginia. And I think if you gave him a whole season, he'd, he'd be all right. Um, but you're playing with your backup quarterback. You don't have Tylen Wallace. And and you can tell the difference of of the wide receiver core without your number one guy. And look, OU's got all their guys. OU's healthy. And they have depth of weapons and talent. And that talent was obvious. The difference between the talent level from OU offensively to Oklahoma State was obvious. I mean, absolutely. And it's why I kind of look at it and go – from a from a, a future looking standpoint, I'm a little bit concerned about this matchup. Uh, on the other hand, it's like I wrote in four quarters: it's bedlam, baby. Like throw it all out; doesn't matter. Throw the baby and the bathwater; just toss it. It when this game happens, it doesn't matter. Weird things happen, but I, I don't want to sit here. Go to the site. Go read my four quarters. I think most of my thoughts are, are there. Uh, do you, do you have any thoughts you want to get out from the game? I think the main one that I think part a lot of my frustration last night was not necessarily that Oklahoma State lost to OU. I knew that was going to happen going in. I didn't have a lot of hope coming into the game. It just was one of those things that I'm not gonna. And you talked about last night or last week. It's that that ex girlfriend that always breaks your heart. You know, then you always go. You know, you always go back to you. I just I can't force myself to do it again. I couldn't force myself to do it again. Uh, and really the first drive that OU had where they just marched down the field with little resistance, just, you know, it proved that. But my frustration mostly lies in it felt like the game plan was very play to not lose, like we've seen in the past. Uh, really in 2016, I think was a perfect example of that. We've seen it other years. Uh, the last two years in 2017 and 18, what gave me a little bit of hope is that it feels like Gundy's, you know, in the words of the famous Les Miles, you know, let her rip. You know, it felt like it was, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to go punch for punch with them no matter what, no, no, you know, no matter what. And last night, it really didn't feel that way. Now that, you know, could a lot of that could be, you know, not having Spencer Sanders, not having Tyler Wallace, but I mean, you had Taylor Cornelius last year who was incredibly inconsistent at times. 
and played one of his best games in Bedlam. It felt like it was lining up for Drew Brown to kind of have that similar game, and it just it didn't happen. Uh, the defensive game plan fell again. It felt p- very play to not lose, and they couldn't stop the the GT counter, the GT poles. That you know, it felt like no matter what uh, Oklahoma State threw at them defensively, you know, Lincoln Riley, a credit to him for being an incredible play caller, they always had a counter. But it just never felt like Oklahoma State had a chance in this game, and I think a lot of it has to do with playing to not lose instead of playing to win. Let me let me make a counter to that. Fair, yeah. Because I could argue Oklahoma State offensively played to their strengths, and OU did a damn good job of stopping it. That's fair, yeah. OU tried to focus and use Chuba. Um, they tried to use the passing game where they could. Obviously, the weather was like, guys, the wind was gnarly. Like if you saw, like you saw the field goals that those went in was amazing. Yeah, I think OSU tried to play to its offensive strengths, but everybody knows what those are. And OU did a brilliant. OU's defense played the best game they've played since before October. Like OU's defense has been blech for a month and a half, and it finally showed back up because it's bedlam, and. They, they, they perfectly prevented Oklahoma State from doing what they wanted to do. They forced OSU to do things that they weren't comfortable doing with a backup quarterback, and Dylan Stoner is your number one guy. Like I understand that that, that worked against TCU, and that worked against Iowa State, because Iowa State, just, you know, who knew that was going to happen? Against West Virginia. But, I mean, you saw that offense against West Virginia. It, it, uh, we all thought maybe they saved some things for this week. I don't think they saved much, because I don't, I don't know that they – had a lot of other stuff in the bag with what they had available. The, the, the talent at Oklahoma State was Tylen Wallace, Spencer Sanders, and Shuba Hubbard. Two or three of those were gone. Yeah. And we can talk about Taylor Cornelius wasn't consistent, but and he wasn't, but he played really well again in Bedlam. Like, and then he played poorly against Baylor and TCU. And it's hard to chalk that up like, well, well, did you see what Taylor Cornelius did? Yeah, Taylor Cornelius, when he was on, was awesome. And he, he was on against OU. And he was when he was off, had he been off against OU, last year's game would have been nothing like it was. And that's the whole point. It's, it's hard to compare like, well, this guy to this guy. Uh, no. I, I think more it wasn't necessarily – I wasn't trying to compare Drew Brown to Taylor Cornelius. I was comparing more. It sure. felt like Oklahoma State just let it rip and they said, F- it, let's go. And – it last night just did not feel like that at all. Well, but you trusted Taylor more to do that than you did Drew Brown. And you didn't deal with the wins last year. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses. Like, I, I don't love kicking field goals when you need touchdowns, but I also, like, this, you're assuming they're going to get the touchdown, and if they go for the touchdown, I don't get it. It's that weird balance of, like, I think I would have been less upset had they just not had they not got the touchdown, but then you're going to gripe about the play calling if they don't get it. Like there's, it's a lose-lose situation unless they get the touchdown. And I don't love kicking field goals either, but you're down 20 to 16 early in the third. Like you have been able to score. Who would, who would, who would think that OSU would get shut out the rest of the way? Yeah. I didn't think OSU would like, I, I didn't think OSU was going to win, but I didn't think they'd be shut out. I didn't think they wouldn't score again. Like, I, but that's what happened. And even if they'd have gone for the touchdown there and gotten it, does that does that mean they're going to score again later? Does it is that so that OSU loses by four less points, four fewer points than they did? I just it's frustrating because it's fifth year in a row to lose, and and I get that, and and we lump that stuff together when we look at instead of looking at each game individually. I don't like losing this game. I'm tired of losing this game. I'm frustrated with losing this game, but. I mean, OU was just 
the better team. And I know it's this isn't a great OU team. This isn't as good as the last two OU teams. I get it. And it's wild that last year's Bedlam came down to a two-point conversion. Like, it's, it makes no sense. But this was a – this was 2009 all over again. This was mm-hmm. – um, when's the last time OU just flat – is it 2015 or where it was Mason oh, Rudolph's God. sophomore year and, and OU just outclassed them? Yeah. Like this was just a year where OSU, OU's talent just outplayed Oklahoma State, period. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen in years because they have that talent that Oklahoma State does not. And when Oklahoma State's missing some of their best players on offense, this is what you're going to get. And I don't love it. And I'm not going to have the conversation about recruiting and talent and blah, 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 blah. Um, I thought this receiver core was good in any of the year. I've thought for a little while now, especially since basically the last few weeks since Spencer went out, this receiver core is not very good. It's no wonder they brought in McRae. Like, I'm sorry. It's not. Outside of, of, of Wallace and Stoner, there's some guys who've made some plays, but they're not that good. It just – it's another loss and it sucks. But I want to. I don't. I don't typically like hypotheticals, but I want to throw one at you. Okay, let's go. And, and I think it speaks to uh, where fans' mindsets are. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me show this. How would you feel if I told you that Oklahoma State, over the next twenty years, would have the best twenty-year run in program history? It would be the the most successful twenty years in program history. And I don't mean like you're going to have dips. I mean every year is a winning year. Every year finishes above five five hundred bowl games. Every like it is it, it, it more than any other twenty year stretch. Oklahoma State is that's the success they would have, but they would only win Bedlam one time. They would only beat OU once. Would you take that? Yeah, because we've seen the last you know the last decade or so where Oklahoma State has been they've been that they they've been going to bowl games consistently finishing at 500 or better um, and only beat OU twice. If Oklahoma State continues to, you know, to be that, you know, not a blue blood is not the right word, that consistent, well-known national program, you know, you take it because. Well, not just that. I, I think that the blue bloods, the two, the true top 10 programs in the country and OU is one of them. I think they've separated themselves from the rest of the pack more than ever. I think I agree. Th- like so many other things, the haves, are more separate from the have-nots or the almost-haves than it's ever been in football, like ever. Yeah, I agree with you there. And it sucks for Oklahoma State because you're in the state, same state as one. It Look at Michigan. Yeah. Michigan absolutely cannot beat Ohio State. And at least for Oklahoma State, you're getting close in years with far inferior talent and recruiting than Michigan has. What's Michigan's excuse? You've got Jim Harbaugh, who's supposed to be the greatest coach of all time, and you're pulling in top 15 classes every year, and you can't beat Ohio State. Like, I don't like it. Like, how do you feel like South Carolina feels? Yeah. Like, they're stuck in the same state as Clemson right now. Like, I just – I want people to, to to keep the mindset of it stinks to lose this game every year. I hate it. I hate that I literally have the mindset of I don't want to pick Oklahoma State to win because they're not going to. Like, I hate that. I hope that hasn't it isn't part of what's wrong with the program if they just go into this game and assume they're going to lose. I, I don't think it is, but I like, I hate that mindset. I do. Yeah. But there's also something to don't be Auburn fans. 
don't look at the success you're having and piss it all away because you're not beating your in-state rival. And I think there's too many who are just, I hate gun. I'm never going to like it. You're never going to blah, 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 blah. Okay. You show me. You, you show me right now. You tell me who you're going to replace him with that is not only going to maintain the levels of success that Gundy has, but improve it and beat Oklahoma. And I will, I will jump on the hire that guy bandwagon. And I mean, prove it to me. Not that week that Oklahoma State can get. Don't, don't come at me with stupid names. Don't come at me with, I think this guy who's been doing, prove to me there is someone who will come to Oklahoma State, stay for long-term success that is at least equal to what Gundy has done, and beat Oklahoma, and I will jump on the bandwagon with you. But until you can do that, shut, shut the hell up. I agree with you. All I, you know, and one one of my tweets last night that I, I regret mainly because, and I, but I don't delete shit because it's just, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, never delete things. But I said, and help me with this, just because I, I think it's an interesting question to pose. You know, I, I said Bedlam will never change until we have someone with no ties to Oklahoma State that comes in. Now, is that incredibly stupid? Because I like Mike Gundy as a coach. Yes, but he's also two and thirteen in Bedlam. Do you think anything will change with him here? I'm not trying to call for his head at all because I, no, I no, no. but it's a, it's a, it's a point that it's, you know, you reach a point where you just need to question, you know, is it time for a change at some point? Because two and 13 well, is well, not sure. against rival is not good. If, if here's my thing, if Oklahoma state becomes an eight and four, seven and five team for the next few years, then it's time to have that conversation. Um, it is because look at Bob Stoops, the end of Bob Stoops' career, and for Oklahoma, they were having nine and three years. They were winning the Big Twelve, but it wasn't the same. They weren't really contending for the. You could tell that that he 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 had dipped, and for Oklahoma State, we came off a three year, 10, 10 win run first. First time in school history, Oklahoma State has won 10 games three years in a row. Okay, it's never it never happened. We don't appreciate that run enough because no. the expectations of what they were supposed to be didn't reach that. And so we always seem to kind of poo-poo the fact that you won 30 games in three years. Yeah. OSU had never done that before. Ever. Like, well, three straight years of of 10 wins. I think they did 30 when they did like 9, 10, 11. But that's not the point. <laughs> the point is this. If we had seven and six last year, we've got eight and four this year, plus whatever the bowl game is. Maybe it's nine and four. Maybe it's eight and five. God, I hope not. Um, I don't want to lose to Notre Dame or AM or Wyoming or whatever happens. If this is what this team is now, then we can have that conversation. If they come into next season and have a, which is going to be hard because we don't know what the running back or the wide receiver situation are going to be like, and those are big question marks. I don't want to get into that right now. But if Oklahoma State is a seven, five, eight, four team for the next two years, we can have that conversation. And I'm happy to have that conversation. If he can't get back to having 10 win seasons, because I, I always think of 2013, there's no reason that team should have won 10 games. But no they chance. Did. Like that team, there's no reason 2015 should have won 10 games, but they did. And if they can't find that, if they can't get back to that in the next couple of seasons, we can have that conversation. But as of right now, you went from six and six to seven, seven and six last year. You're eight and four this year with with first year offensive coordinator, first year offensive line coach, 
new starting quarterback who got injured for the last few games. You lost your starting All-American wide receiver. Like, it, this kind of – remember in 2009, the expectations for 09, and you you beat Georgia open the season, you lose to Houston, you lose Dez for the year for, you know, having lunch with whoever. You – who was the running back? That, it was Kendall Hunter that year who got hurt, basically was out the rest of the year. I think so. And – Sorry, I, I can't remember everybody's years. Uh, forgive me, I have other things in my mind all the time. Um, but you were in 2009, just it like that year shouldn't have been as good as it was. And yet it ended up being this nice nine win season. And I know it ended sucked. I still stand by. Had Gunny started weed in Bedlam, they would have won that game, but you know, whatever. Say lovey. And you look at this year, this team was four and three, and they finished eight and four. Yeah. You lost Tylan Wallace. You kept winning games. You lost Spencer Sanders. You could have lost last week to West Virginia without Spencer. Yeah. But you won. You're going to go to a bowl game, and I think you're going to start Drew Brown, and you should start Drew Brown. I don't care if Spencer is healthy. There's no reason to play him and, and, and chance another injury. You play Drew, you might as well let him have a bowl game. Um, maybe they get to nine wins. They finished nine wins this year. At four and three, if I'd have told you this team was going to finish eight and four, would you have told me I was crazy? Yeah. 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 I might have. I might have thought I was – Smoking the ganja. But, you know, here we are. So this is a rebuild going on. Um, this is year two for Jim Knowles, and I know that the game plan against OU sucked, but the defense was really figuring itself out and finding itself for a four-game stretch there. I am weirdly excited about some things for next year. I have big question marks for next year, but I am going into next year with optimism that this is going to continue to rise. And I am here for two – I am in for two more seasons before I'm ever going to be on the running out of town train or even talking about it train. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at as well. I, I think we had this conversation last year as well when Oklahoma State finished 7-6 and six of, you know, at what point do we have this conversation? And if we – if Oklahoma State is – Six and six next year, and then seven to five next year. Like, yes, we, we need to have a conversation of what's next. But for now, you know, let's let it ride. Considering where this team was at, um, we where we were on the we you know some there were even you know rumblings of would this team even make a bowl game? But to finish the season the way they did, outside of last night, you know, you feel pretty good about where this team is. Considering this was about where we thought they would be at eight and four. Yeah. Um, so all that said, I know there's people who want us to go fire and brimstone. If you've listened to this podcast before, we're not really the fire and brimstone type. I'm tired to be the more level-headed. Fire and brimstone is easy and lazy. Now, now that's and fair. Overly emotional. Now we we, um, we go fire and brimstone when we're texting back and forth. We cool it down here because we at least want to be rational. If that's fair. Oh yeah, I'm allowed to be emotional in, yeah. in the moment. But, yeah. But I also. Um, but you also don't really seem – I'll tweet some things, but I don't tweet a lot of that stuff that I think because I know but that's not really what I feel. I'm going to tweet it and feel bad about it later because I don't actually think that way an hour afterwards. But that's exactly. not the point. Yeah. So Bedlam sucked. Um, on to the poll game. Let's talk poll game for a minute. All right. And then we're going to talk some basketball. Um, we can take our break here in a second. Uh, bowl game. Oklahoma State's eight and four. But guess what, kids? There are four teams that are five and four in conference play. Only six teams are going bowling because TCU went and shat the bed against West Virginia. Good job, Horn Frogs. That also means uh, Gary Patterson will win eleven games next year because every year he has a 
losing record he bounces back with a 10-win season. So get ready for DCU to be in a Big 12 title game next year against Oklahoma. Um, let's let's to make this easy because it's a little bit complicated. Because here's the problem: um, what bowls are open is going to depend on a, on the Big 12 title game and the Pac-12 title game. If the Big 12 gets two teams in the New Year's Six Bowls, OU and Baylor, if they both make it in, then the Alamo Bowl is open, and this all gets crazy. Um, I am predicting that whoever wins the Big 12 title game, I think Utah wins the Pac-12 championship, and Utah goes to the playoff, and it doesn't matter. And I don't think a two-loss Baylor or even a two-loss Oklahoma are going to get to a New Year's Six Bowl, even though it's probably should, and we don't need to have four SEC teams in New Year's Six Bowls, but, you know, it's the SEC, so even though, come on, people, you know you want an Orange Bowl with Alabama and Oklahoma. Just give the people what they want. Don't make us watch Florida versus Virginia. Gross. Gross. Oh, God, that game would be terrible. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. Oh, God. (laughs) Get ready for it. It's coming. Oh. It's going to be. It's, it's coming. Nothing. Oh. Don't. No. No offense to Virginia. I'm, the. Uh, you. You've seen what happened to the ACC, right? Yeah. Seven years in a row, seven different teams have won the Coastal Division. It. Yeah. It. It happened. It's the most amazing thing to happen. It makes me want divisions again, and I love it. Like it's amazing. It also speaks to how, just what the is the ACC. Okay, I'll anyway, say. I'll say this one more about the uh, shout out to Virginia for beating Virginia Tech for the first time in 15 years. A plus field rush too. Oh yeah, A plus. You could see them standing there in the grass, ready to go, just ready to go. Also, 15 years. It's been five for OSU. Yeah, 15 years. Think about that. Think about a 15 year. Uh uh. Anyways, also Virginia sucked forever, so that's the other thing. I don't think – I think OU wins – I don't care who wins. The winner of the Big 12 championship is going to Sugar Bowl. The loser is going to the Alamo Bowl. So that leaves four pole games, four teams. In order, Camping World, Texas, Liberty, and Cheez-It. Now, technically, OSU could go to any of them. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I know that – and I'll have this story up probably on Monday – that most of the projections have Oklahoma State in the Camping World Bowl against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to the Camping World Bowl. But I've seen too many weird tweets from representatives of Camping World Bowl that talk about Texas. I can't see them, if they can make it happen, turning down an opportunity to put Texas against Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. That will sell tickets, and that will put eyes on TV screens. More than Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. Sorry, it's true. Like I do. No, that's even, absolutely even fair. a seven and five Texas versus ten and two Notre Dame is going to get some eyeballs. Oh, no doubt. So, is Oklahoma State have a have a shot there? Yes, I still think the Texas Bowl is the most likely because I think A and M is going to end up there. Problem for the SEC right now is they can't fill all their bowl allotments because they're going to have that many bowl eligible teams, and four teams are going to be in New Year's Six bowls, which is bullshit. Um, so whoever falls at the Liberty Bowl, get ready to face an AAC, an American conference team. And whoever falls at the Cheese It, you may not get another Pac-12 team. There may not be enough teams there. So you may get to play like a Mountain West team like Wyoming. I think Texas goes to the Camping World. I think Oklahoma State goes to the Texas Bowl. And I don't know between Kansas State or Iowa State who goes to Cheese It and who goes to Liberty. I would think Kansas State goes to Liberty and Iowa State goes to Cheese It just due to 
Kansas State won that game. Kansas State has the better overall record. Um, Iowa State fans travel pretty well, which would be the one throw off at Liberty Bowl because they've had them before. The whole reason the Liberty Bowl is a Big 12 Bowl is because Iowa State got stuck there one year and did so well. The Big 12 was like, oh, shoot, let's just add a bowl in Memphis. Why not? So that's why it's here, which personally I'm fine with it. It's better than the going all the way out to the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. I think in the Texas Bowl, I think they play Texas A&M. I think you get Oklahoma State, Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. And um, I'm here for it. But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. You know, that would be a you know, it's former Big 12 matchup. We had that last year against Missouri. Um, you know, A&M is A&M. They're, you know, content with being 8-4 and, and 7-5 and in the SEC because of all the freaking money they make. Um, but I, and, then the, and the Texas Bowl likes having a team from Texas in that bowl. It just makes sense. But I think that would be a solid matchup, and it would be a good bowl game. I'm, I, I would be good with that for sure. And even if, and if for some reason Oklahoma State does go to the Camping World Bowl and they get to play Notre Dame, like that's awesome too. That's a that's a legit like that's a blue blood type program. That that would be. And if Oklahoma State can win that game, that would be even better. Oh, I would so much love to play Notre Dame. So much love to play Notre Dame. I don't. I think we're going to lose that game. I agree. I don't think is that good, but I'm sorry. It's still like Drew Brown and Nerf. But that'd be fun. Um, so, yeah. So just – I don't think we're going to see an announcement for another week. I don't think anything's going to leak for another week. I, I just – I don't because of – if the Alabama Bowl is opened up because both teams are in New Year's Six Bowls, it, you know, things change. If that happens, I have no idea. I don't know who goes to the Alamo. Um, OSU has the better – Here's the problem. You have two teams at eight and four, two teams at seven and five. They're all five and four in conference play. Texas is the biggest name, but they beat OSU, but they lost to Iowa State and Kansas State. No, 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 they beat Kansas State. That's right. So they beat Kansas State and Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. Kansas State lost to Texas and Oklahoma State beat. It's so I don't I don't know how the tiebreakers are, but Kansas State beat Oklahoma is the only one to do so. I don't I don't know how the tiebreakers are gonna work. All I know is this. I think Texas Bowl is the most likely option. I think camp, Camping World Bowl is the second most likely option. I think one of those two bowl games is where Oklahoma State is playing in December. Yeah, we'll, we'll know more next week, but it's it's interesting to start to speculate about it now. Now that the regular season's over and with all of the you know the chaos in the middle of the conference, there's a lot to look at there. Do you have any final thoughts on you know, the football season as a whole, Bedlam, anything like that? Um. It's eight and four. It's the first time Oklahoma State's ever been finished a regular season eight and four, four which is super weird. That is very weird. Uh, it's weird. But other than that, man, um, I'm gonna miss Chuba. Yeah, that, that was Which'll my final one too. I'm gonna be. I'm going to miss Chuba. Um, I'm sad that that that's how Talon Wallace's Oklahoma State career ended. Obviously, we don't know this for sure. It's all speculative, but I'm being blunt and honest with myself. I think Tylen and Chuba are gone. I'd be shocked if either or both come back next year. Um, I'd be happy for either one to do so. I would be more than willing to cheer for both again. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to. And I am super disappointed that that Chuba did not reach the 2000 mark, 2000 yard mark in the regular season. He's not going to New York, folks. Had he hit 2000, we could argue it. He didn't. He's not. Um, I think there's three people who are going to go to New York. It's going to be Joe Burrow and two guys from Ohio State. That's going to be it. 
Get ready for it. Um, but man, Chuba now has had the second best rushing season in Oklahoma State history. The only one better than him is Barry. There's no one better than Barry. You can gripe about this season all you want. You can gripe that they lost to OU. You can gripe oh, if they'd only beaten Texas Tech. I want you to stop and realize that we have just witnessed the greatest rushing performance in Oklahoma State history since Barry friggin' Sanders. And when you take that into account and you stop and realize that and appreciate that for what it was, that's a pretty damn good year. Yeah. I don't – I hope he doesn't sit the bowl game out. I don't – Feel like he's the kind of guy who would. I want one more shot at him. I want to see him again. I want him to hit 2,000 yards. I I want to see him one more time. I just want to see one more breakaway run where he just pulls away from everybody. Just I just want one more. I just need that one last fix before he's off playing in the NFL. Yeah, I last night, you know, after the game, you know, I see the final score and the you know the stats and stuff, and he still got a, still twenty six carries for one hundred four yards, and that's pedestrian. That's a very like below average night for him, and he still is over a hundred. It's it's crazy how incredible of a talent he is. Uh, still, I believe eighty six yards away from two thousand. Um, I am from the school of thought right now that I think he is going to sit out the bowl game. Uh, I, I he doesn't seem like that type of guy, but. You don't want to risk any sort of injury in a bowl game when you have millions of dollars on the line waiting for you here in a few months. And I think Justice Hill did that. He was trying to get healthy, and he sat out. His was for a little bit different reason. But I think if this is the last game I watched from Chuba Hubbard, man, it was an incredible run to watch him start. You know, started 15 games that he did at the end of last season uh, was incredible. You know, really came out in Bedlam, and you know he broke out in a big way. West Virginia game last year, and then this season has just been otherworldly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss watching number 30 in, in Stillwater here. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be t- it's tough uh, to lose a guy like that, but you know he's going to be fun to watch in the NFL for a very, very long time. No, I agree. Abs- absolutely agree. Um, I don't know. I think he might play in the bowl game. He seems like the kind of guy who would. Uh, I, I he doesn't think, seem like a guy who would sit it out. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. I will say this. He just uh, he tweeted. Shuba tweeted. And if you want another reason to think he's gone, and I know I'm reading into things because that's what happens, but he tweeted, just thank you, Cowboy Nation, for a great year. Well, crap. Maybe he is not going to. Maybe he's not going to play in the bowl game. But that just sounds like bye. Yeah. It sounds like bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. But you know, can't can't blame the guy at all for going and going and getting paid. Yeah, you know, and I I wouldn't blame Tylen if that was the it was the same way either. Uh, you know, after coming off a knee injury, watching his brother, you know, lose, you know, his career ended because of knee injuries. But you know, there's yeah. no, no. I think that plays into it. Yeah, for sure. But you know, overall, all right. Well, let's talk. That's enough. That's enough. We can talk about that some more. We've got plenty of time to talk more football. Let's let's not let's not be sad anymore. Um, take a break. Come back. Talk basketball. Yep, we'll be right back after a word from a sponsor, and then we got to talk about a great week for Oklahoma State basketball. All right, Philip. So Oklahoma State went up to Brooklyn, my Mike Boynton's backyard, about a mile from where he grew up. If you didn't listen to Fran Fischel talk about it the entire time. But Oklahoma State goes up there, plays Syracuse, plays Ole Miss, and wins a game that was a tough one against Syracuse on, I believe that was Thursday, um, or Wednesday, uh, against Syracuse, 86-72. 
and then they go and play Ole Miss on Friday and just thump them, 78-37. to 37. And you win the preseason NIT, you really have the nation on watch now. Oklahoma State's probably going to be ranked when the next AP poll comes out. But what, what were some of your they takeaways? They better be. They yeah, should be. That, no, they, I think they will be. Uh, well, let's start with the Syracuse game real quick. What were some of your thoughts from the, the 86-72 win against Syracuse Orange? I was – so that game started 11-0. Oklahoma State got out to that lead. And I just saw that and went, well, that's not going to last. And it didn't. Um, Syracuse built their own lead. They got up to a lead, I believe, of at least eight. And then something happened I didn't expect. Oklahoma State just took control and ran away with it. And I kept waiting on Syracuse to, to make a run. And I kept waiting on Syracuse to, to make it a game. And Oklahoma State never let them. And I was so incredibly impressed by that performance that I – and we'll talk about Ole Miss. Like, I always thought if they had to play Ole Miss, they'd beat Ole Miss. But I thought they would I, – I wasn't sure about Syracuse. They beat Syracuse. Now, obviously, there's some th- conversation about just how good is the Syracuse team now that they lost those two. I don't want to hear that right now. All I know is Oklahoma State soundly beat an, an always well-coached Syracuse team in their friggin' backyard. That arena was 75 80% Syracuse orange, 20% Oklahoma State orange. Um, that was basically a road game. And Oklahoma State went and and just beat them. Yeah, I, soundly. And, and I think and the, hit shots. Yeah. I, where I, is that offense? Where's the shooting been from Oklahoma State? Where's where's that been? Yeah. I will take that. Where's where's Chris Harris hitting threes? That was awesome. <laughs> that was incredibly awesome. You knew it was going to happen for him because he, think about the minutes he's getting right now, and he's pretty much just a defensive specialist off the bench. You knew he was going to start to knock down shots, and the three he hit were deep threes too. And that was all, yeah. See, that's so cool to see off the bench. But Oklahoma State soundly beat a Syracuse team without, and I, you know, their best senior, their Lindy Waters, who had four points and had four fouls. He was on the bench a lot, only played twenty-seven minutes. I can't tell you the last time he played under thirty. But the fact that they did that without him, and then your Nay did his thing. Isaac Likely, I love the the comparison that. uh that Fran Fraschilla has for him, that he he's a linebacker masquerading as a point guard. And it's such a great, mm-hmm. great analogy. It was dead on. It's yeah. absolutely dead on. It absolutely was. I, I was a great win. I really thought it was a sound win. Um, I, I came away impressed. Like, I hadn't been – the Charleston win impressed me on the road. Why – here's a weird question. Okay. Shoot. Why are Oklahoma State's three best victories and three best performances all on the away from home? And why have they looked so meh in Gallagher-Iba? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, maybe if maybe if everyone gets their ass into Gallagher-Iba on Wednesday and we play Georgetown, maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll change things. Which mm. yes, tickets are mm-hmm. cheap, folks. Get to that freaking game. <laughs> like Georgetown is a, a team that beat Texas soundly. Had a close game with Duke, tied at halftime, but then lost to UNC Greensville. Like Georgetown's an up and down team. Anarchy. Assuming nope, just college Oklahoma basketball. State's just going to beat them because, oh yeah, you assuming Oklahoma State's going to win just because they're like four and three at this point. That's a good game. They get a good team. It's a Big Ten. It's that Big Twelve, Big East 
like scheduling thing. This is a big game for Oklahoma State. I, on this run coming, let's uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about Ole Miss. Let's, let's talk finish with this thing. That Ole Miss win, I don't want to get overly. I don't want to oversell it. Like it's a huge. You beat a team, a Power Five team that returned a lot of production from last year by forty-one points. You beat a Power Five team at a neutral site by forty-one points, and not a neutral site that's like Oklahoma City, like friggin' Brooklyn. And uh, I'm granted, just, Ole Miss had no business being in that game. There's no reason they should have beat Penn State. Penn State is the far better team, and yet somehow Ole Miss won that game. But you beat a team by 41 points. What the? F- yeah, like I'm watching this game, and it was you know it was pretty competitive there at the beginning, and then Oklahoma State's defense just took over, and they started just they went on that stretch where I think it was like a 15-0 run right at the end of the half, and it just it never was close after that. Obviously, it wasn't because Oklahoma State kept scoring. It was, you held a team in the first half to 15 points. I don't care who you are. I don't care who, you you hold a team to 37. That was legitimately one of the best defensive performances I've seen from Oklahoma State in a very long time. And Oklahoma State's a solid defensive team. Man, their speed, their athleticism, their length. We've we've talked about it in the offseason, what's going to make this team fun to watch. And it makes them that much better on the defensive end, too. And not only were we doing yeah. that, they've, we've seen Oklahoma State play really solid defensive games, but not be able to knock down shots. And they shot 45% against, you know, against Ole Miss. Now, did they force view? Sure. But you get double figures from four of your five stars, and Isaac likely was nine points, six rebounds, four assists, three steals. You know, he, you know he's going to, st- you know, stuff the stat sheet. You know, you get a little bit of production off the bench with Laurent and some other guys, but man, like when this team is hot, and they're playing as good a defense as they did the other day, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. You know when they get to Big 12 play, because if they're playing this well now, hopefully they're not peaking at the wrong time. But in February, if, they, if they're if they going to be able to keep up that level of defense, they're going to win some big ball games. They're going to put them, you know, not even on the ball. They're going to be a legitimate tournament team. I'm trying to temper my expectations, but damn, when you beat a Power 5 team by 41, it's very hard to. <laughs> yeah, um... There's a Twitter account. Um, there's Jeff B. Predict um, that I follow. Oklahoma State's giving up suffocating 0.81 um, points per possession this season. It's seventh best in the nation. But he says analytically they're due to regress. The Cowboys are 345th in the nation in three-point attempts, field goal attempts, 48.1%. And they're also allowing the third lowest three-point percentage. Basically... Teams are shooting a ton of threes and missing. Um, that's what I saw. I know Ole Miss went one of 20. And I know Oklahoma State's defense deserves a lot of credit for that. But, folks, I don't care who you're playing. You're not going to shoot one of 20 unless you're having a really, really bad night or pay, playing or your Texas State playing Duke. And – and even then, you know, <laughs> look at UT Arlington. Good job. Um, that was Stephen F. Austin, by the way. Sorry, UT. Stephen F. Austin. Sorry, my bad. I couldn't, you know, it's Texas, small Texas school. Anyway, okay. the point is this. That's a bit of an outlier. Like, I can't take come away from that one for 20 and be like, this is, no one's going to hit a three on Oklahoma State. Nah, they are. Um, this team is good defensively. I think the numbers are a little bit inflated right now, but this is a good team defensively. And defense travels. Defense is important. And if you're not going to be able to score sometimes, because this isn't a great shooting team. They had a great shooting like two days, but it's not a great shooting team. 
if they can continue to play good defense, especially on the perimeter, I'm going to feel good about this team. Like, they're 7-0 and for the first time in I don't remember how long. I was going to look it up, and I got lazy. I've got a 10-month-old. I'm going to use the excuse till she's 18 and out of the house. Um, <laughs> I just – I don't remember the last time. I think it was the last time 2013 where you went from football to basketball season. But even then, you know, the football team went, you know, 10-3. and And you just kind of went, I feel good. Now, granted, that was that was that was Marcus Smart's second year, right? Twenty thirteen. Yes. You remember that, right? Yeah. This team is seven and zero. They've got some impressive wins. They're twenty two in Kempom right now. Um. Yorne is a freak of nature who can hit free throws. Big, tall, lanky guys who play center can block shots and hit free throws. Do not just grow on trees. Okay, those are unicorns. They should be taken care of and they should be appreciated. That man is a giant unicorn. I'm so excited for your And Isaac Likely is a linebacker. But my goodness, that kid. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, This team is fun. That's the biggest takeaway I have from everything. This team is fun to watch. When's the last time we had an Oklahoma State basketball team and you were just like, this team is fun to watch. Yes, winning makes everything more fun, but this team is fun to watch. Yeah, watching the, watching what they did defensively to Ole Miss and just completely just suffocate them by switching up man and zone the whole time. I think the biggest where I was like, oh shit, this team is really fun was they came out and they're uh, they went on like a it was a nine zero run or something like that. Ole Miss calls timeout and they were going to set a play. Oklahoma State play man to man the whole game. They come out in a two three zone. Ole Miss had a man set play, bricked the shot, and then ended up being a fifteen or eighteen zero run. Just that quick. What they were able to do and mix that up defensively last year, they had to play a ton of zone because they didn't have any people. Now they can do it because they have enough length to be able to save your legs and be able to play if, play it effectively as well, and not just pack it in. And a lot of, I think, a lot of what you know. Sure, it's an awful shooting night for Ole Miss, going one of twenty, but they didn't have many open shots either. They were forcing a lot of those because they were getting, and a lot of them are early in the shot clock too, because Oklahoma State, I. They probably got to lead the country pretty close to it in shot clock violations because they play that well and that sound <laughs> defensively. I can't, I think, I know Ole Miss for sure had a couple of those as well. So, sure, you can chalk up to a bad shooting night, but I think Oklahoma State's defense forced them into taking all of those bad shots because they're, you know, they're strong in the middle and they've got enough length to be able to defend everybody outside and at least get a hand up. I need to go back and watch the game, but I can't think of maybe maybe four or five of them were absolutely wide open and they still missed. Yeah. No, but still, even well-guarded, teams are going to hit threes. For sure. Like, you know, it's going to happen. But at least like, when you get a hand honest. up, you... Like, like, you can have well-guarded, but it's just... Yeah, I mean, great, yeah. great offense no, is going to be great agree. defense all the time, but yeah. So... Yeah. So uh, let's just uh, let's talk about the fact that uh, only five games this month. How disappointing is it that we're all super excited for basketball? We're going to get five yeah. games Man. the entire month of December. Yeah, that's uh, and yeah, it starts this Wednesday. It starts this Wednesday with Georgetown. And folks, you have no idea how much I wish I could be in Stillwater. On Wednesday, watch Georgetown. Or on Sunday, to see Wichita State. 
You have home games in one week, two games in a week against Georgetown and Wichita State. Well, those are name brand teams. Stop worrying about Power Five. This ain't football. Wichita State and Georgetown are coming to Stillwater. Those are huge games, absolutely huge games. And this is the stretch run right here, people. Like this is the run where we looked at it and went, if Oklahoma State's gonna gonna do be something, we're gonna find out right now. This month, they play Georgetown and Wichita State this week. Pardon me. You're gonna go to Houston. You're gonna get Minnesota in Tulsa, and then you end with Southeastern Louisiana. I don't mean Minnesota's not that great. Wichita State's good. Georgetown's up and down. Houston's not what they were. But you come away 2-0 from Brooklyn, and you've got a four-game stretch coming up against four solid teams that are all top 100 RPI teams, top top 100 Ken Palm teams. Okay, This is a big week. This is a big month for Oklahoma State because I, I think they're going to lose at some point. I, I mean, if I had to take a guess, I would say at Houston – but there's a very good chance Oklahoma State starts Big 12 play 11 and 1 in non-conference. 11 and 1 with just a game against Texas A&M who is not very good. Oklahoma State could be 11 and 1 when they enter conference play. Man. You know, you got to shit the bed in Big 12 yeah. to not or pull an OU 2 years ago with Trey Young, which they're not going to do because they have more than one guy. Like this is we we have a tournament team on our hands here, people. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And I think, you know, go when you go there and not only win the games that they did, but win the games as soundly as they did, it put not only the Big 12 on notice, but the rest of the country that Oklahoma State's coming back. And you think, and they talked a lot about, you know, this is a good team this year. Think about what they got coming in next year, too. Like, if they can go to the tournament and, I mean – if they can at least win that first game, get to the round of 32, you feel really good about where you're at going into next season as well. Like the, the future of this program is so bright, but it's all happening right now too. It's not just trying to look forward to next year with a bad team. This is a really good tournament team that's going to get better in 2020 as well. Yeah. No, I agree. And I just – I want to enjoy – seriously, guys, when's the last time we could just enjoy – a basketball season. Not seven and zero. Yeah. And well, even said, then. also we're like three and zero against Syracuse in, in the state of New York. So I'd just like to point that out, which is a fun stat to have. That is a fun stat. Very very hashtag fun. Um but I I just have one more point here. I mean, Oklahoma State in the home games they played before they go out to New York, they struggled mightily with free throws. You play Syracuse, you go twenty three to twenty eight. You play Ole Miss, you go fourteen to fifteen. Your had I believe, 13 free throws, and he made 12 of them. Which, you know, for a guy that, you know, most big guys do not, are not that consistent at them. But if he can stick around 65 to 70%, I mean, that's about as automatic as you can get for a, a 6'10 center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm excited for the season. Yep. I'm, I'm excited I'm- for this week. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know. Like I said I, my wife and I have tickets to the game against Georgetown. We'll be there. I'm hoping the crowd is electric, and I'm hoping as many people can get there as they can because this team needs it. And considering the week that they're coming off of, you know, 
that you might as well just put all your chips into the center and just get there and cheer on this team. They deserve it. They've earned it. And the crowd in GIA makes a significant difference if you can get a good crowd there because you're going to win a lot of ball games with that crowd. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen it in the past, even with bad teams, that bad Oklahoma City basketball teams, when the crowd is north of 9,000, it makes a significant difference. So I'm hoping that we see something like that on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 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 I agree. I hope everybody can be there. I do. All right. I think that wraps this one up. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. Uh, make sure you go check out the site. Read my uh, four quarters there. You can also follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, T E N number 12 more podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find us anywhere. Podcasts are available. You can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And we will be back next week. We'll talk later next week. We'll talk a little bit of, you know, a little more bowl game prediction. And then we got some recaps for Cowboy basketball. We'll talk to you all then.